This is The Guardian. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Looking for your next great podcast? We live in unprecedented times. To make sense of it, what if you could learn from some of the most influential people on the planet? The podcast Tools and Weapons is hosted by Microsoft's Vice Chair and President Brad Smith. Every week he has a candid conversation with guests, including Prime Ministers and Pulitzer Prize-winning journalists. The latest episode features Bayer CEO Bill Anderson. Though most of us know Bayer for pharmaceuticals, They're also focused on crop science. They're putting digital tools in the hands of farmers to get the most out of every acre. Listen to Tools and Weapons with Brad Smith wherever you get your podcasts. For many people, getting over the initial infection is just the start of their COVID journey. I've got chest pain. I'm struggling to breathe right now. Excruciating headaches, uh, tinnitus. Legs feel like lead. I can't concentrate. I still can't go to work. I don't see my friends. I don't see my family. I am totally, totally beat. It's just horrific. It really is. It's, It's awful. It may not have an official definition yet, but those who are still ill or become ill four weeks after first catching COVID-19 are said to have long COVID. More than two million people in England may have suffered some long-lasting symptoms after having coronavirus, a new study has concluded. Having questioned over half a million adults, the REACT2 research study found that over a third of the people who'd had the virus said they'd had symptoms which lasted for at least 12 weeks. Some experience many months of debilitating symptoms, ranging from brain fog, breathlessness and severe fatigue to chest pains, nausea, tinnitus and depression. It was so bad I thought I was having a heart attack. I can't write. Like, I tried to write a wedding anniversary card to my husband. It took me about 40 minutes. Others might find their symptoms come and go in waves or that new ones suddenly come on out of nowhere. And in your questionnaire, you also talked about um, fatigue, palpitations, muscle aches, joint aches, tummy pain, <laughs> diarrhea. And, and I, I, I think I took everything. Since 2020, researchers and patient advocates have been hard at work trying to unravel exactly what it is that long COVID patients are suffering from whether there are multiple different disorders at play and why some people have ongoing symptoms while others don't. 40 to 60-year-old women were most likely to have severe long COVID symptoms. But when it comes to memory and thinking problems, older men were more likely to get this brain fog and the other symptoms not so much. So, with COVID cases still high in many countries around the world and millions already struggling with long COVID, what do we know about the condition? 
And are we getting any closer to treatments and therapies? From The Guardian, I'm Ian Sample, and this is Science Weekly. To get some insight into what we do and don't know so far about long COVID, I spoke to Akiko Iwasaki, Professor of Immunobiology at the Yale School of Medicine. We're now into the third year of the pandemic, and it seems we've learned a huge amount about the virus, but we're still getting to grips with long COVID. Is any consensus emerging on the cause or causes of long COVID? I wouldn't say there's a consensus yet. One of the possibilities is persistent virus infection, or it could be just remnants of virus such as RNA or protein that is persistently present somewhere in the tissue, and that's causing chronic inflammation and leading to long COVID. There are other hypotheses, such as autoimmune disease, that's triggered by the virus that's leading to a long-term consequence because once these autoimmune cells are triggered, they tend to persist for a long time. There are many others, including tissue damage that's unable to be repaired, dysbiosis of microbiome, which means that bacteria that live in the gut or other places are um, disturbed by the infection. And is the thinking that some or even all of these might be contributing to long COVID? In a given patient, you may have actual, actually several processes going on at once. Absolutely. So these are not mutually exclusive possibilities. And in fact, as you say, I think they may be going on either all at once or in sequence. So one may be triggering the others and so on. Are these kinds of ongoing problems unique to COVID or is COVID really sort of shining a light on the broad issue of post-viral syndromes? It's really the latter. There are many, many other viruses and bacteria and parasites that can lead to similar types of prolonged symptoms. And some of them may be for years or decades, depending on which pathogens. But because there are so many people getting COVID and therefore long COVID, we are now shining light on these other post-acute infection uh, syndromes. You've been looking at how people with long COVID fare after they've had a vaccination. Tell us about that work. What sort of things have you been finding out? The original start of this research really began by me looking at some Twitter posts from patients who are reporting improvement in their long COVID symptom after getting their vaccines. And initially, patient-led groups reported that, you know, between 40 to 60 percent of the patients experienced some improvement in their symptoms after vaccination. One of the most simplest explanations is that the vaccines induce robust antibody and T-cell immune responses that might clear the persistent virus or remnants of virus and are getting rid of this source of chronic inflammation. The other hypothesis uh, also may be consistent, such as autoimmune disease. Vaccine may trigger some other immune responses that deviate these uh, autoreactive cells from attacking the host cells, at least for uh, some time period. So essentially, the vaccine might either be helping to clear any remaining viral particles or stopping those so-called autoreactive immune cells mistakenly attacking our own cells, or maybe both. So how have you begun to investigate this effect? 
So we began to look at this link by studying long COVID patients prior to getting vaccine and post-vaccination to see what changes are being made in the immune responses and which of those correlate with the symptom improvement. So we can mimic this in the rest of the population. And do you find that the vaccine is producing certain effects in the immune system, which you can then tie through to perhaps an improvement in certain conditions and certain symptoms? That's exactly the goal, is to try to understand if there are some factors that the immune system releases or immune system engages that leads to symptom improvement. It may not be all symptoms, but if there are certain symptoms that are improved by certain factors, can we emulate that using therapy or other types of treatments for long COVID patients? Do you think that work you've been talking about, Akiko, might shed some light on the mechanisms behind long COVID or at least some of what's going on there? That is really our hope, to understand what's driving long COVID so that we can design a proper therapy to treat patients with long COVID. Now, because, uh, as I mentioned, there may be multiple different causes of long COVID, we need a biomarker to try to understand what kinds of drivers are present in which patients. For instance, if it is the persistent virus that's driving long COVID in a subset of patients, we could think about giving them antivirals or monoclonal antibodies. On the other hand, if a person is now suffering from autoimmunity, then we should be suppressing their uh, autoreactive immune cells as opposed to trying to fight the virus itself. There was some recent work from University Hospital Zurich that found lower levels of certain antibodies in people with long COVID. How does that fit into the broader picture of our understanding of long COVID? So there are several emerging studies that are showing immune deviation in long COVID patients, including perhaps lower antibody levels. And so that would suggest that the immune response in the long COVID patients weren't strong enough to potentially remove all the viruses from their body and may promote a persistent virus infection or at least remnants of the virus to persist. Akiko, I wanted to ask you about how things are looking in the sort of months and so on ahead, which I know is probably sort of crystal ball gazing, but we've had the Omicron variant and it's fueled these huge waves of infection in many countries, the UK included. And it's prompted concerns that we're going to see a lot of long COVID off the back of that. But on the, you know, the counterpoint is that this wave of Omicron has been milder in many cases, um, probably because we have so much background immunity. What are your thoughts on this? Is, is the concern about a lot of long COVID following this Omicron wave justified? I believe it's justified. It's too early to tell what percentage of people who got Omicron variant will develop long COVID, but I suspect it will be similar to the other variants and the ancestral strain of SARS-CoV-2 that lead to long COVID. There's nothing to suggest that we will be spared from getting long COVID if you get the Omicron variant, especially if you're not vaccinated. So on the one hand, you do have this you know, pre-existing immunity building with vaccinations and prior exposure. 
However, that is not a guarantee to prevent long COVID altogether. And even without that, we already have existing millions of people having long COVID around the world. So on top of it, I'm afraid that the Omicron infection will add to that number quite drastically. And just finally, given that potential for a lot more long COVID, are there any treatments or therapies on the horizon that you think already look promising? I wish I could say there are. (laughs) But until we understand the deep immunological or molecular mechanism of disease, and until we understand who's suffering from what kind of long COVID, I'm not sure if there's a, you know, one drug that can cure all long COVID patients. So for the time being, perhaps the vaccines are our best bet on this. Yes, um, vaccines are our best bet because even if we are to get breakthrough infections, there are reports showing that vaccination and booster with vaccination significantly reduce the risk for getting the long COVID. And there's also even a report showing, uh, it's a preprint, but a study showing that people who have gotten the infection Um, as long as they get the vaccine shortly after the infection within the first uh, four to 12 weeks, their risk for developing long COVID also reduces. So vaccine is absolutely the way to prevent and potentially even to therapeutically prevent the development of long COVID. Akiko, huge thanks for coming on and explaining all of this to us. Thank you very much for having me. Thanks again to Akiko Iwasaki. You can find a link to all our reporting on long COVID on the podcast webpage at theguardian.com. Now, usually I'd say we'll see you next week, and we will. But there's going to be a special episode going out on the Science Weekly feed this Saturday of our new Guardian podcast, Weekend. Weekend will give you the very best celebrity interviews, lifestyle features, and opinion columns from the week, all read by talented narrators. So look out for that on Saturday and we'll be returning as ever next week. See you then. This is The Guardian. Looking for your next great podcast? We live in unprecedented times. To make sense of it, What if you could learn from some of the most influential people on the planet? The podcast Tools and Weapons is hosted by Microsoft's Vice Chair and President Brad Smith. Every week he has a candid conversation with guests, including Prime Ministers and Pulitzer Prize-winning journalists. The latest episode features Bayer CEO Bill Anderson. Though most of us know Bayer for pharmaceuticals, they're also focused on crop science. They're putting digital tools in the hands of farmers to get the most out of every acre. Listen to Tools and Weapons with Brad Smith wherever you get your podcasts.